0: Appreciate you helping me out. You're a good runner. Yes, and I know you like people. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. And he says most of these are yours, so right? Yeah. Several of them are. None of them are. I
1: don't know. I don't
0: know. We're gonna find out. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Well, gentlemen, well, these are notes of encouragement. Kirk and Melissa, it is so incredibly good to have you in fellowship with us today. We are both true. You are both true blessings to many people. Love you. And that goes for a whole bunch of us. So let's give it up for Kirk and (laughs) Melissa. McKinney family, I know you're watching. Well, at least I know you will be watching. Uh, I hope you kill a big monster buck. So it was really encouraging to spend time with you for the pumpkin spice holiday bazaar yesterday. Uh, Nicole and Eli were great helpers and they always are. So I'll bring that up to you this Thursday evening. Uh, Wendy, Malia, and Olivia, it is so great to see each of you here. I love your smiles. There you go. Woo-hoo. All right. Adam Hunter. Isn't it great when you come here? Everybody's like, a rock star showed up. Woo-hoo. All right. Hey, I had to stop for just a moment. Alan and Adam are like chefs. They should start their own restaurant. I mean, I'm telling you what, if you have not had one of their meals, you uh, you haven't lived yet. I mean, it, it, well, it's almost that good. It was amazing. So Adam, it's great to see you this morning. So I'm just doing that so I might get another dinner sometime. <laughs> Uh, But you got to bring your brother along, okay? All right, Adam Hunter. So glad to see you're here today. I hope you are blessed by the teaching and the friendship. There you go. Let's go for Adam. Woo! All right. Oh, I I like this one a lot. In fact, I love this one. Sharon Compton, thank you for being amazing in so many ways, encouraging others, working to make the pumpkin spice holiday, the pumpkin spice holiday. Is it Holiday Bazaar? I don't know. Anyway, Holiday Bazaar. It's an acronym. I can't remember. Okay, a success. Uh, helping in Bible class, etc., etc., etc. Let's give it up for that young lady over there. Mr. Logan, your message was awesome. How many thought his message was really, really great? Woo-hoo! You got me at the Looney Tunes with Talmadge, uh, <laughs> whatever it was. that one. Sylvester and Tweedy. Oh, Sylvester and Tweedy. I loved Coyote uh, and uh, the Roadrunner. Man. Anyway, moving on quickly. Uh, Sharon, so thankful for your hard work and the many ways you serve the body. Now, I'll tell you what. I've never seen a woman work so hard. She worked so hard that I got up the morning of... Pumpkin spice all in a bazaar. And my least favorite job is to clean out the sink. I, there's an emotional trauma from my childhood in that. I did that for my bride because she worked until how many late nights. So there you go. Go get that to Sharon. That'd be great. Andrew, you do have the gift of teaching. Thank you for using one of your many gifts here at the Sunday school. Grandma Brenda all right yes isn't he amazing he is awesome (laughs) several years ago there was this uh this thing called creation family creation camp and he was asked to teach one of the when he had just become an adult uh when you were 18 or 19 or something like that I think it was 18 and it was in the adult bible class and I was sitting there going oh that's my son (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's my
0: son. <laughs> and he's just gotten better. So praise the Lord. That was good. All right. So uh, I have a, I had a card here that my wife wrote and I lost it, but here's, here's what the card said. Here it is. Okay. My lovely bride's going to come up. <laughs> Munchy on a cookie. Wait, well, come up here and stand No. No. <laughs> Wow, okay, I can, I can, yeah, so obedient, like, come here, woman, <laughs> you know, that would go really well, <laughs> so anyway, Sharon wrote this, but I believe this as well, it was kind of fun to sit in our, our living room and go through this amazing gift basket that we received here a couple weeks ago, it was like, pretty overwhelming, uh, so very thankful for this church body, we are so very blessed by you all. Your support and generosity is is so greatly appreciated. So we thank you very much. And I have to be honest with you, the reason I wrote this sermon this morning, uh, I was thinking about it the last week or so, is because of that, because of what you did. And so uh, do we have any other announcements? Yeah, we have some more. I shouldn't have said that because that would have been a perfect transition. I blew it. I'm not as professional as I thought, so I'll try it again after we're done. So here are the announcements: uh, Evening assembly, 6:30 at the Kirkpatrick's home. Uh, Wednesday night, of course, will be 6:30 at the Kirkpatrick's home, unless sickness takes hold somewhere, right? And uh, Monday night is going to happen tomorrow. College age will also happen tomorrow at Monday night. Uh, starts at 5:45. Dinner. And then we'll have some Bible study. So uh, come on out if you're college age. Uh, the Pleasant Hill Church Christ Family Thanksgiving Dinner is scheduled for Wednesday the 16th. We'll be out here. And uh, so what we want, I'm going next we're gonna pass out a clipboard with uh, the main dishes. Usually it's elk roast, uh, turkey, and ham. And then all the other fixings. And so the family comes together. And uh, you put your little, I'll bring the yams or the sweet potatoes or whatever you call them. Uh, And then the mashed taters and the whatever. And so everybody signs up. And we all come out. We just have a great uh, Thanksgiving dinner. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not. But it's really the only truly religious holiday that we celebrate as Americans. The other ones uh, have been... Uh, fabricated, created, whatever, Uh, but Thanksgiving is truly a a religious holiday. I don't believe in Easter, I believe in Resurrection Day, by the way, just so you know. So uh, anyway, what time? Uh, That is uh, the 16th, and we're going to start at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, family dinner, right here in the building, family dinner, 6 o'clock, November 16th. That would be great. Any other questions, by the way? I'm glad you all made it here on time this morning. I don't know about you, but it was kind of nice to sleep in a little bit. It really was. Like I didn't sleep in, but it was it was a good thought. So anyway, that's great. So now, birthdays, 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 birthdays. Carly is not, is Carly skipping out today? Working? All right. Okay, I'm going to say that. And the next time we see Carly, everybody... Tell me that Carly needs to be sung to, and we'll sing to her. Okay, I'll give her a hard time too. So that's how we'll do that. anybody else got a birthday coming up? We missed Max last week. was helping his team win the championship in soccer. Sport. Oh, Max, you your team won the championship? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, Max, how old are you? Eight. Eight. Did you do a good job at the on the soccer field? Now, are there there are there kids that are bigger than you on that soccer team? Are they faster than you? What'd you say? Some. Some. I was going to say some, i say probably not, but I've seen you run, dude. Yeah, yeah you're fast. You're kind of, you're kind of like the roadrunner. So anyway, that's cool. We're going to say you happy birthday. Eight years old, that's cool. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right, right, now I think we can start. So, as I was saying, I should have transitioned. Is you know, last week after assembly, or maybe it was the week before, I'm getting old, so I can't remember exactly, but it was absolutely amazing as Sharon and I were sitting there and, and the cards that all the cards that were signed. Uh, written notes and 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 then the the gifts were absolutely amazing. Paul the apostle is seen as being a meanie. You know, one of those hardcore, damn everybody to hell if they don't do it his way. I mean, that's kind of gets a bad rap. You know, he gets he gets angry at John Mark because John Mark hasn't really gotten the mindset yet. He's not patient in that instant. And you know, it seems like, man, people are always dogging the Apostle Paul. That guy's just hardcore. He's, he's, he's tougher than John Wayne or Chuck Norris. I mean, this guy is tough, and he doesn't put up with nothing, right? Wrong. No wrong. That guy really loved people. And he had a heart. We're going to learn about that today. And he was really touched by the church at Philippi. I mean, wait till you we get into the Greek. Wait till we get into the visual of how touched, emotionally moved this man was by the, the love and the devotion and the faithfulness and the work of service of the body of Christ at Philippi. I mean, I could aspire to be the Apostle Paul. We could aspire to be the church at Philippi. And man, we would have a profound impact on the world. And I believe we really are already. So I, I want to turn your attention to the, the book of Philippians and chapter chapter one this morning. And uh, you're not going to have to do a whole lot of turning in your Bible. Uh, we're just going to stay in, in the book of Philippians. And we're just going to read a couple sections of scripture but boy, there is a lot, a lot there. It's absolutely amazing. Philippians and chapter one. Oh, by the way, do you remember last week what the sermon was about? The one body. There's only one body. There are not a multitude of churches. There's only one church. And I know some people get cranky when I say that, but there's only one church. And Pleasant Hill is a small fellowship of the one church that's worldwide. But that one church is the blood-bought people of jesus christ who are filled with the spirit so there's a lot of christians out there but they're all a part of the one church you know you talk about people being uh, dismembered or not dismembered what's the word disfellowship disfellowship is correct but kicking someone out losing their membership you can't do that only god can do that only god can can remove you from the body of christ but you know what we're a small church family. We're one of many who are a part of the worldwide church of Jesus Christ. By the way, when Scott was preaching this morning, you know, he talked about the Old Testament faithfuls who are rooting us on. What about all the New Testament faithfuls who have gone on before us? Millions of Christians who've gone on before us that are rooting us on. I believe this is the last, the last generation. Now, I might be wrong. But I think we're the last generation. And man, I don't know about you, but always at the very climax of the movie, aren't you just root for the good guy? I don't know about you, but I always am. If this is the last generation, man, I'm telling you what, they're beginning to stand up for us. That's why we need to be driven, driven out of a love for Christ and his church. That's what this lesson is all about. So let's turn there, Philippians chapter 1. And I want to read verses 1 through 10. And I want you to listen to the emotion here. The emotion, the love that Paul has for these people. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the the, uh, elders and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, You are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray. Father, I am really thankful for this amazing passage and another that we'll look at briefly uh, for our last point in uh, Philippians chapter 2. Father, your man, Apostle Paul, he, he changed the world. He turned the known world upside down. He planted so many different churches. He inspired so many people. He sacrificed himself. Uh, By the time it was uh, his retirement party in that that Roman prison, dear Heavenly Father, we know that he had been broken physically and busted, was being stoned and beaten mercilessly countless times, being in hunger and thirst, uh, whether it be fasting for the lost or actually starving because there was, there was not enough. Father, it's amazing, this man. He was driven by a love for you, but also a love for people. And Father, he was emotionally driven. And I know a lot of people think that emotions are terrible. Uh, they can be, but Father, they can be great, great motivators. And I would ask that you would help me to show here how the Apostle Paul was greatly moved Dear Heavenly Father, by the amazing faithfulness and sacrifice of the people in the church at Philippi, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. If you'll take a look at your lesson plan, you'll see there's three points, and there's obvious three points in this passage of scripture. First one is, is that G, or Jesus, that Paul really was a very emotionally driven man. Now, I know a lot of people in the Church of Christ, in fact, probably some people who would turn tune in. And watch this from other churches, will have already turned it off. Because the emotion and feeling is not preached in the Church of Christ. It's all about faith. I would agree, absolutely. Faith is first. But if you are faithful, feelings from the love of faithfulness will come. Now, let me ask a question real quick. The first one we're gonna talk about emotions how powerful they are, but what produces those emotions in the church? And the last one is, is Paul commending them to excel still more and more in love. Now, again, a lot of people don't want to talk about emotion. Emotion literally means to to be moved from within outward. Now, there can be bad emotions and good emotions. You know, if you... uh, are unfaithful in using the beauty of of the intimacy that's reserved only for marriage. And you take that outside of marriage, man, there is emotion there. That emotion initially is overwhelming, euphoric. But then the devil is so designed immorality to crush and destroy and to bring bitterness and jealousy and anger and even murder. You see, emotions can be horrible when, when they are driven and produced by things that are outside of God's word and faithfulness to his word. So I'm saying that faith must come first. And the emotion that we see here that Paul is talking about is because of his faithfulness to plant the church in Philippi and the church's faithfulness to work together with that great evangelist, apostle, to disseminate the truth of God's word throughout the world. One of the few churches that was totally committed to making sure the word went worldwide. You know, I am deeply thankful for the, the literally, the, uh, the, Hundreds of people that were involved in the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. so hundreds of people. Yeah, there was a whole bunch that we didn't even see that were coming in and helping out. And people that were making, uh, you know, desserts and things like that. And, and it was absolutely amazing. So those people helped us touch the hearts and lives in Belarus. is what we have spent this year already. And you're saying, how could we do that? Well, we had money in the account, but I knew the pumpkin spice was coming up. $5,000 we sent into Ukraine to help women who have been raped by Russian soldiers. We sent 5,000 to get three months of 15 counselors to work with all those women in East Ukraine from this effort, from this body of believers. The door is now opening wide in Ukraine for Direct Connect and for those who will go. And so when Belarus opens up and Ukraine opens up, I'm going. Do you see how the church here, and and my connection with those who are going to Belarus, that what we did yesterday and the weeks before that are going to have a profound impact on the harvesting of souls? You see, we need to recognize and understand the power of what is happening. That's what this scripture is talking about. I want you to take a look at Paul's love. Look at point number one, a study of Paul's emotions and feelings. Verse seven says, for it is only right for me to feel this way about you all. The word feel there is an interesting word. Phreneo is the word. It means to set the affection on. Paul set his affection on this church as many, but this church in particular, I want you to test me out and see if I'm telling you the truth. Look back here at verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. You go back and look at how Paul starts other letters. He says, I make mention of you in my prayers. I make mention of you in my prayers. I don't make mention of all of you. I just make mention of you, the church, in my prayers. This one, he says, I pray. He, what does he say? I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer, would join my every prayer for you all. He doesn't say that for any other church. Something about this church has moved him to have this amazing, what does it say? To have an affection set on this church. To have a caring mindset for others. You're saying, well, was Paul playing favorites? We shouldn't play favorites, should we? I've been told that I play favorites. When I was at Willamette High School, my marketing students would say, you play favorites for your DECA students. You play favorites for them. I said, well, you want to know why? You do play favorites. I said, do you want to know why? You can just see them. See, I said, because they've invested themselves in building themselves and growing in their understanding. And they've been involved in, in everything about this program. And you come twice a week and give me a hard time. And I said that when students pulled that number on me. I said, you know, we have spent hours together studying late nights here. Groups of these people coming. I work with local business people. And you know what? Is there a relationship developed in that time and in that working together, in that growing together, a striving for a common goal? That was just to win a competition. But it was like early morning, late night. Sharon will tell you, yeah, too many of them. Anyway, so you really grow a relationship with people that you spend that kind of time with. That's what this church had been doing with the Apostle Paul. He loved them. And so they were always on his heart. That's the second bullet point here. Because I have you on my heart. It's, It's only right for me to have this great affection for you because you're always on my heart. Well, the word heart there is cardia, cardiovascular. It does mean literally the pumping heart in your body. But more importantly, spiritually, it's talking about your soul. And I, I couldn't believe it when I read this. Figuratively, this cardia is talking about our thoughts and the feelings of the soul. This is the part of the soul being the seat of our sensibilities, affections, emotions, emotions desires and passions paul was really moved by this group of faithful people and if they were favored by him it's because they favored the lord in putting him first realizing the apostle paul had put jesus first and wanted to support that guy in what he did go back with me really quickly to Philippians in chapter 4 listen to what paul says here and this is Where I was, both Sharon and I were really moved at this outpouring of appreciation for us this last couple of weeks. Look at verse 15. He says, you yourselves also know Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance I'm amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Paul is moved because they realize that he's actually doing the work he's preaching he's teaching he's made that his life commitment he appreciates and loves and has great affection for this body of believers but i want to take a look at verse 8 now look at verse 8 for god is my witness how i long for you all I long for you. The word there, I gave you the Greek word. You can look it up to check me out. It means to yearn for. It means to pursue one with a heart of love, a longing, an earnest longing and desire to see and to be with them. You want to know why? Because they were totally invested in the Apostle Paul and his work in serving Jesus. And Paul says, you know what? We've done this work together as we're about to see in my second point. Look at the last uh, part of verse 8. It says there, for God is my witness how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. The word affection there is a word I can't even begin to pronounce. I know Carrie could. She can produce all things in Greek. At least that's what she's consistently shared with me. And I believe her because it sounds right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't call you this morning to ask you what the, how to pronounce that word. So, The deep inner affection, the tender mercy, compassion, and kindness of Christ. Notice Paul is driven by the affection of Christ Jesus. This guy is an emotional basket case. No. He's a man that's driven by genuine, sincere love, as it says in Romans 12. A love that is pure. As it says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. There's, there's a lot of emotion going on in this man's life for these people who are faithful. And that's really what produces the good emotions, is faithfulness to God's word. These people invested in Paul as Paul invested in them. And they were investing together to build the body of Christ, that one body of Christ. So look at point number two in your lesson plan there. Point number two, a study on what produced Paul's emotions. Take a look at verse five. Look at verse five. Notice what the Apostle Paul says here after he says, I always pray for you with great joy. He says, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. You know why I'm praising God? Because of what? because of your participation, is koinonia. You know what koinonia actually means? It means to continually, continually, sacrificially work together with someone else to accomplish God's goals. Koinonia is actually sacrificially working together with others to accomplish God's goals. Are you living for yourself or are you living for God? That's a great question, isn't it? If you're living for self, then you'll have emotions all right. You're going to be frustrated that you didn't get what you want. You're going to be angry. You're going to be bitter. You're going to be jealous. Those are emotions, by the way, but they're not based upon faith. These that he's talking about here is that we're working together as one. Look at the second part. Look at verse 7. In verse 7, after he has begun with the statement, for it's only really right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the an offense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. Now, it's interesting, the word grace there and the word partakers. What does it mean to partake in the Lord's Supper? What does it mean to partake? Does it mean just to eat? Or are we sharing together? in a common remembrance? Are we sharing together in a common sacrifice? Are we sharing together in a common purpose when we participate in the Lord's Supper? If you understand, that's exactly what we're participating in together. Remember what Jesus did? We're going to carry that remembrance together into this world this week so people can learn about Christ. Since in... Uh, Since in my imprisonment and my defense of the gospel, you are partakers of grace with me. The word partaker, if you'll take a look at that, is a derivative of koinonia. Sugokoinios means that we come alongside and we partake together of one mission, one purpose. Do you see that Paul was so excited about that church because they figured it out? I am here to do my part, and Paul's doing his part. He helped build this church, and now he's going and building other churches, but we are a part of this greater picture of the one body. They got it. Other churches hadn't gotten it yet. The church at Ephesus, oh my goodness, they had issues right and left. Paul sent Timothy there because the eldership was all weird and wonky. See, that was one of the many problems that they had going on there. They had problems with all sorts of sin issues. You don't see any of that in the church at Philippi. They decided we're living for Jesus, not for ourselves. And we're going to support those who are living for Jesus, not for themselves. There's power in that picture. And that's why Paul was so emotionally charged about this church body. And that's why they were so emotionally committed to building with the Apostle Paul. You know, a lot of people have come and gone. The vast majority of you have been here for a long time. And I'm thankful for that. And we've seen a lot of people immersed in the Christ and we've seen churches when people have gone out and they've established churches where they're at. I'm thankful for the Kaikulas. They're a part of that. They've helped bring a lot of people to Christ and they are working missions in several different countries supporting them. That's a beautiful picture because they get it. Brethren, I am so deeply thankful that like the Apostle Paul and like the church at Philippi, we are striving together to build Christ's kingdom. Now, I want to finish this lesson next week because I want to be faithful to the time commitment that we made. We need to recognize and understand that emotion is not bad if it's driven by faith. Faith is what produces that right emotion of Christ's affection for others. But we need to finish this lesson up next week. It's so important for us to realize that we have a call as one people, the people of God, the family of God, to take the message out building each other up so that we can each do our part in making sure the message goes forth. I want to also close with this. I want you to pray fervently for the four four men or the three men that I laid hands on. The three men that I laid hands on, life for them has changed radically since I laid hands on them. I'll tell you what, the work that that Brian has been called to do is growing in challenge. It's much more difficult. It's difficult for him to be here. And so we need to pray fervently for his work that he's doing to provide for his family and this family, but also too for his health and also too for his energy level. For our, our brother Jeff. Struggling with the physical. I'm. You are amazing. You know, this young man, Gabe, really moved me to tears several times. But man, you're powering through. This morning as you were up here doing Lord's Supper, I was thinking, man, he reminds me of the Apostle Paul, man. Or the Ever Ready Bunny, you know. You just can't stop that guy. See, and he had a thorn in the flesh, like, like Scott said. And, you know, maybe this is a thorn in the flesh. But, man, you are a picture of faithfulness. But we need to pray for Jeff as well. Okay? well we're blessed to have Kirk as a brother here and his wife, Melissa. They're, they're a part of this family. But God is now using them over at Alvador. And, you know, when Kirk has asked for wisdom, please understand that you need to pray. Not that he's not a wise man, but the challenges that he is and will face he and Melissa need wisdom. Wisdom like they've not needed before. They need that wisdom. Amen. Now we have a powerful opportunity to really touch the lives of others. This church body. We're going to host the next Fifth Sunday rally, which is in January. And again, some went and it was great to see you there at this the one at Alvador. Thank you for starting that back up again. But let's keep it going but let's fill this house with people who are singing joyfully and learning about what it really does mean to rally together. Because it's great when we have more people committed to the same purpose. Amen? I'm excited about where we are at. I'm excited about where we're going. And I'm excited about what we can do if we have that love for one another as Paul expressed it here. Let's pray. Holy God in heaven, what a blessing it is. You know, we we could look around and say we're so small. We're really not. We've had many who've gone out from us who are blessing other congregations. There are some who've actually planted congregations. And there are people who are coming because the word of God is being preached. And there are more people who are coming into a knowledge of the truth. Father, it's an amazing blessing to see the number of people who want to know and the number who are actually coming. I praise you and thank you for that. We pray that we would continue to grow our love for one another so that we could work together trusting each other, building each other up, so that we can continue to advance the kingdom in these closing hours of time. How I praise you for allowing me to be a part of this generation, working with this people to change the world. How I praise you and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get standing up, get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to? Go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Thank you much. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org. Or email us at the at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.